2: Before we get into today's show, let me talk to you about the best way to play fantasy football this season, and that is the Owner's Box Superflex Salary Cap Game. Build your nine-player lineup in minutes and start winning real cash. If you use the promo code DREW9 today, that is DREW9, you will get a free $10 entry into their $100,000 Week 1 contest. I'm already in that contest, so play against me and the rest of the TDN Fantasy family over on Owner's Box.
3: Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Chris Schubert, Jamie Eisner, Jake Arians back once again.
2: Football, baby.
3: Thursday night football preview tonight. here on the show. We are gonna give you our week one sleepers. You're gonna get some owner's box help from Tyler from Owner's Box at the end of the show, where we're gonna talk about the Superflex format. J- Jamie. The lineup's going to have to be finalized at some point here today. You're going to have. I
2: feel pretty confident. Well, no, it doesn't because okay. it doesn't count for Thursday games. It's only the Sunday slate for the well, No, but you, you should play put, a Thursday should, contest. You should put a timeline on yourself, though. You shouldn't let this. No, your... yeah, the timeline on myself is called kickoff. I don't know if you see it. They schedule all these NFL games for a kickoff time, Christopher, and that's when I will have my deadline. But I feel pretty confident about the lineup that I have now.
3: Do you? Okay, so you're, you're, it's close. It's close to being complete. Okay. All right. I
2: I think it would cause a late week practice injury for me to change this lineup up at this point.
3: Okay, I will keep. I'm going to hold you to that. I'm going to hold you to that. Um, Before we get into week one sleepers Thursday night football, I just want to let everyone know that time of year again. Eyes turning to football teams back on the gridiron for the football season. As always, Bet Online your number one spot for all the pro and college football action. Get all the updated odds, props, contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest, the world's largest two hundred thousand dollar NFL Survivor contest. Open now at Bet Online. Head to the website. Use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener. That's tomorrow since it's football eve between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Let's talk about that Thursday night football game between nine
2: and a half, Chris. That line has continued to rise at better. on wow. nine and a half in favor of the Bucks Now,
3: what, what was that first gonna- team
4: that you mentioned, Chris?
3: Uh, they look, uh, let me hold on. I have the read here next to me. Let me quote it Super Bowl champion Buccaneers, is how it is. Referenced. Still has a good it, ring though. to it. I was just yeah, checking, just just making sure. Uh, Reining, defending. Undisputed it's a it's
2: a pretty large line to open this season with that that game which is not to be unexpected but it it was funny to me that line I believe when it came out over the summer opened up at six which I thought was lol um, that was surprised me a little bit even knowing that people love to bet on the Cowboys so there's those lines are always off a bit but. It is steadily risen. Um, this is going to be a fascinating, fascinating game. ton of fantasy potential in this matchup with Brady and Godwin and Evans and Brown and CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Dax, Zeke. I mean, there is – it's hard to ask for anywhere on this week one schedule a better fantasy week one opening Thursday night game than this matchup. Let's
4: start with Godwin. Look, news came out yesterday. Sounds like his quad tightened up, but I don't know that we're going to hear anything definitive Maybe till warmups like that. That could be interesting. I think they got plenty of weapons, but that's a guy that's been really highly drafted that I'm counting on in a couple of different leagues. That I thought was going to have a monster night, but Chris is a, an absolute animal. He's playing like, let's let's yes. Unless something crazy happened, which I don't know about he's playing. So yeah, I mean, fantasy potential and this line is nuts. Like at six playing the Cowboys, Dak healthy with that offense. Okay. Nine and a half. I love me some bucks, but damn, that's it's a lot. They're um, going to be playing.
1: Yeah.
4: I think they're going to be playing from ahead and that's going to be throwing it late. Like that, that's, that looks like a backdoor cover or they're keeping it closer than that to me.
2: Yeah. So on the Chris Godwin news to start there. So he came into the week right now as my wide receiver eight. Uh, even if he is. 90% healthy. He's still a must start in your lineup. So, obviously, luckily, it is the first game of the week. So, you have your entire lineup to choose from just in case he's a surprise and active in this game. I will probably knock him down a couple spots just to account for the injury a little bit, but I don't think you should take him out of your lineup by any means. Uh, if he doesn't play or is limited, um, AB is obviously a, a big beneficiary of that. Uh, as I talked about a little bit on my Twitter. At Jamie Eisner on Twitter, uh, last night, that his receptions prop changed pretty significantly uh, when the Godwin news came out. He was plus 110 on the over four and a half receptions, which I already have money on. That is now minus 167 for that same prop. So that's a player that is going to be incredibly interesting to watch. Obviously, we talked about him a lot on yesterday's show. But right now, the actionable advice on Godwin is just be paying attention up until kickoff. If he is active, you have to put him somewhere in your lineup, even if it's in a flex spot, because he won't drop lower than that. Um, if he's inactive, then you luckily have your entire bench to work with. It's not not great because this was an awesome matchup for him. Obviously, I haven't been ranked in my top 10, but he still should get you wide receiver two value, even if he is at least a little bit hobbled.
4: Look, 85% to- of me says this is much to do about nothing. There was a bunch of guys, including AB. They got a veteran day off, two days for a game, end of training camp, I think it was more precaution than anything he's got today to get to Alex Guerrero and TB12 and get worked out and make sure that thing's all ready to roll. It's a night game. So you got that much more time tomorrow to like get it. 90 I'll go. 90% of me says must do about nothing, but it is something to pay attention to.
2: Yeah. And it's a warm game at least too, which helps, you know, you're not trying to get that, that quad loose. And luckily it's not a hamstring. (laughs) That's all I have to say about that. Luckily it is not a hamstring.
4: Don't
2: put so that when, out in the universe, Jamie. So when we. I mean, for two years, the Bucks were the king of the hamstring injury. I don't know what was going on down there. Uh, but it's uh, it's like the only TV thing TV that can slow down that offense. Yeah. So By the way, is Tom probable with the shoulder for the 17th year in a row? Yes.
3: <laughs> He'll be on the injury report every week. Probable. I think, I think Tom's um, playing this week. So, we listen, I think it's it's obvious to look at this from from the high level. You have two quarterbacks that this show is big fans of in fantasy. Jamie, you mentioned it yesterday when we were doing the week one rankings. Five of the top 15 wide receivers are playing in this game tomorrow night. We know what Zeke brings to the table. What I'm interested in is we're going to potentially get our first answer to what does this running back situation in Tampa look like, right? Where does the workload go? And it's only going to be a one-game sample size, but it's now actual football that we can use to kind of inform our opinions over the next couple of weeks of how they're going to use these guys. And I think that's an important thing to keep an eye on tomorrow night.
2: So maybe this is me just being like the big random player nerd that I am when I always bring up players. I'm more interested to see if we talk about the Tampa Bay running backs, it's not Jones, it's not Fournette, it's how Gio Bernard is used. That is where I'm incredibly intrigued because – If you go back to this time in New England, obviously Tom Brady always had a pageant for that third down, smaller pass-catching running back, whether it was Deion Lewis, whether it was James White, whether it was Kevin Falk at times. I mean, there's always kind of had that piece. That wasn't there in Tampa last year. We thought maybe that could be a LaShawn McCoy that didn't tend to work out. We thought maybe that could be a Daria Gumbawale. That didn't really work out. Gio Bernard's a different breed. When he is healthy and ready to go, he is a, a pretty quality player that if he didn't, if he wasn't the backup in Cincinnati of all places the last few years, I think he would be getting a little bit more attention that some of these other higher profile backups and other places like Minnesota or Dallas tend to get. I am very curious to see how he is used because he got a lot of passing down work in the preseason. If he's going to assume that sort of role in this offense for a team, that's quite finally just going to throw a lot in general because they can't because they have to, because they can, it's going to be effective. And how do you line up and stop that team with all those weapons? That could be a very interesting play for me because, as Jake mentioned before, the workload that, that cuts into is Leonard Fournette's. I think Ronald Jones is going to be clearly the two-down back for the most part assuming he holds on to the football early in games. We have seen that be an issue before, and there's enough depth there that that could be a problem if he puts the ball on the ground. But Gio Bernard's usage, he could, like, in these next couple of weeks, I think he can find himself anywhere between weekly flex play and, like, RB 60 depending on how we see his usage so he is somebody I'm fascinated to see what he looks like particularly when this game is within striking distance
4: yeah Janice great point he tweaked had a like a mild ankle sprain in the last preseason game against the Texans was limited the other day and then full yesterday so he went full yesterday I think you're going to see him get eased in a little bit I think you know Brady is a big big proponent of guys I'm comfortable with I'm going to do things I'm comfortable with. Now, that might not mean the super, super ceiling, but my floor is really high when I go with guys I'm comfortable with. I think he's getting there. But I think when it comes time to game time, I think Fournette probably has a bigger role in this one than Geo. But I, I am very interested. When they went no huddle and went, Brady went seven for seven for 91 yards against the Texans the last preseason game, Ronald Jones was the back and actually ran it in. Well, that was the second, that was the second series. He ran it in. Goblin caught the first t- t- touchdown, but he was in there. I'm not sure how these backs are going to be used. I'm extremely curious to see how that goes. And I I agree with one of your points was the game flow is who's got the hot hand, who looks the most explosive, who lays one on the ground, whether they lose it or not Um, going back to the high floor. There's no point in taking any risk at that position for them. I don't think they have to run it. I think they're going to a lot, but I don't know who's going to get it. And I don't think they, they have to take the risk on who's not the hot hand
2: it's important to realize, sorry, Chris, I didn't mean to, to cut you off there, but it's more of a, we're not going to get any definitive conclusions in week one. And I think mm-hmm. that goes across the board, but we could start to fill in some gaps. And I think yep. this is, this is still the information gathering stage from this game and throughout week one and even week two information gathering. If you remember JK Dobbins had a monster workload in week one last year, and then really wasn't used anywhere nearly as much again until November. So it, it's so easy to kind of get, especially with a one-game sample size, it's very easy to get wrapped up in what happened. But I still just, it, to me, it's not so much, what I don't care what his fantasy points look like this game. I want to see when he, not only how often he's used, but in what situations he's used. And then see if that repeats itself with a little bit more frequency in week two. That will kind of give us the, the indication because, look, Gio Bernard is not making anybody's, unless you're in a deep league lineup right now. Gio Bernard is somebody you're having on your bench either for an injury or for when bye weeks start to come by. So you don't have to make a decision on him that he's not going to be a guy you're looking at. It's like, oh, I need to start him in week one or week two or week three. But we're going to gain a lot of information about whether or not this is a player you need to keep on your bench or somebody that you can say, you know, if if there's a really, really hot waiver wire pickup, he could be a guy that is on that cut list.
4: I want to see the chemistry. Last year, it wasn't just the running backs that had the drops at times. Tom lit them up with some fireballs that didn't need to happen because he was a little antsy, wanted to get the ball out of his hands. They didn't really have the chemistry until the playoff Lenny really took over late. I want to see when Geo plays, does it look like James White? Is, is Tom throwing it to the – you know, he knows the timing. He's got that rhythm down with him. Even if it's only two plays, we're going to see that. And you're going to see more of it against Atlanta the next week. And then Tom's going to go back to what I just said, that comfortability of I now know I can count on this guy. I mean, from all accounts, Gio is a pro's pro. He knows the offense. He knows everything. They have all that. But that's there's even in these limited camps now, there's only so many reps to go around. Until Tom does it with live bullets flying in a game, I don't know that he's going to feel comfortable enough to really give him
2: a big workload. And the one last point I want to bring on this, and it's been something that's been floating around my head really since Tom got to Tampa Bay, which is, How much of his running back dump off usage was out of necessity in New England? If you think about some of the weapons he's been throwing to over the years, yes, there were times where he had the two tight ends rolling with Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez or Gronkowski and Martellus Bennett, but there really hasn't been star receiver talent. Like he was forced to go with either, you know, the Wes Welkers and Julian Edelman's over in the slot. You're running back out of the backfield because his outside receivers weren't winning outside of the Randy Moss run there. That was brief. Like there wasn't those kind of options there for him. So how much of that in New England, and I don't know the answer to this, but how much of that was, honestly, James White and Deion Lewis and these guys were my second best or third best pass catching option in general. So that's where I was going to with the ball, with Evans and Godwin and Antonio Brown winning consistently, at least one of those guys, and you can't double three guys, so that ain't happening, and Gronk on the field. I wonder if there's just going to be less volume for that player in general just because other guys are starting to get open that weren't getting open in New England. So and all of those things, I'm really curious to kind of see how it plays out.
4: It's a great point because in this offense, there's not really – that's your last option as a check down. It's not a pre-snap thing, which in New England I think was a lot. Tom was like, nobody's going to cover James White. They can't cover him on this little five-yard out. I only need three yards. Boom, hit him. let little run after the catch. And then you throw in the fact that if they do have an injury, you replace Scotty Miller comes in. Tyler Johnson comes in, who he's now thrown touchdown passes to last year. Darden comes in if he has to. OJ Howard plays split out if he has to. Tom's not comfortable with all of that. So I think there is less running bad. Now it's really in that offense, and Tom's more comfortable with it. You have the 20, an 18, probably a 12, maybe something else, and then a check down. And just a check down is that last option, not your first pre-snap option. So it it would be really curious to see.
2: Between Brown and Godwin, too, you have two guys that can easily be your hot guys as well. So, like, I'm just, I'm, I'm worried about like, you know, is there just, is that volume just not going to exist because the team around Tom Brady is far more talented from a weapon standpoint than the teams that he was dealing with for the most part outside of that sixteen zero season uh, in New England.
3: Uh, Week one sleepers. Are we comfortable with where we have left the Thursday night football game off? Because I have some – I'm actually going to give Jamie credit here because there are some players uh, outside of his rankings
2: that – I want to talk a little bit about since we – by the way, we are doing – if you did not notice this past week, uh, Christopher is the host uh, of a three-man team with him, Kyle Krabs, and Joe Marino for the money down on college football. that Years on Saturday mornings. Uh, it kicks off a little bit before an hour before kickoffs, so that way you can get all your bets in. But we're also debuting the first NFL show with myself, Kelsey, Brentley Weissman. You will see that this Sunday as well. We'll be going live at 1145 Eastern to talk about bets. But we don't have a chance to talk about Thursday Night Football. So I do want to give you some of the player bets, player props from this game that I already have my own money on. OK, and I, I said this last year, I will say this again. I will not tell you to bet anything that I'm not betting my own cash on because I think that's shady. So uh, I will. So I want to talk about a couple things here that I have already. You guys have already been teased with it, but I want to see what you guys' thoughts are. Some of these lines have changed a little bit, but uh, I have Antonio Brown over four and a half receptions at plus 110. As I mentioned, that's now minus 167. But. You know what? If you were to guess, do you like that bet? Do you think he's going to be five, six catches? Where do you kind of see that falling for this game? I
4: think he's got ten targets, so yeah, I think he's at least if he gets eight or nine, ten targets, he's getting six catches. He's not. Well, not I also a put tough, a little bit tough tough on catches him. in
2: there. I, I put a little bit down on him to do uh, eight catches at what I hear at plus five seventy and nine catches yeah. at twelve to one. Just, just small amounts, just to kind of you know. See what happens. And that was before the Godwin injury. Those numbers have not, are now significantly worse.
4: I don't think that's unfathomable at all. Yeah. Tom loves him. And a lot of his stuff is what you were just talking about. It's hot. It's quick. It's pre-snap. I know I can get it to him run right after the catch. By the way, he catches everything that's close to him. So it's not like there's a guy that has the drops or doesn't have a huge high catch percentage with, with the with the amount of targets he's going to get.
2: So that was one of the ones that I had there. So I, do, I still like the AB props where they are now. Uh, continuing on some bucks props now, I had it before the injury. I, I would probably not bet this now, just to to wait. Uh, but I had Chris Godwin with at least seventy receiving yards at plus one ten. Um, obviously, I'm just gonna have to ride that through because I bet that pre-injury. But that is what it is. So I, I would not probably make any Chris Godwin bets right now just because we don't know the status. Uh, Mike Evans at least sixty-eight receiving yards. I really like that one as well. Um, Dallas can't stop anybody, uh, and even if it's whether it's, I, I know it's gonna end up being a zone, but uh, I loved the chemistry Mike Evans showed with Tom Brady in the second half of the season. I thought those two clicked so well once things really got rolling. And then my one Dallas one that I like was Ezekiel Elliott over three and a half catches at plus one ten. I expect Dallas to throw a lot. That's not a shocker. I expect them to be from behind in this game. That's not a shocker. Uh, Elliott caught four more passes in the majority of his last uh, was majority of his last ten games with Dak Prescott at quarterback. Uh, that was a huge factor in his fantasy value in the first part of the season, as we talked about it. It wasn't that his rushing was that sensational. His passing volume was monstrous in those first five weeks before Dak Prescott got hurt. I expect that to be the case again here tonight. So, those are the three bets that I like the most uh, in this game. Totals, a little, uh, the spread's a little too high for me, um, uh, especially I would say, uh, with all due respect to our friend, shop that line a little bit um, to see if you or maybe wait a little bit longer to see if you can get that a little bit lower than nine and a half. Uh, but I do I like the player props for this matchup. So I want to get those in, Chris, before we talk about I, the rest of the show.
3: Now, I don't want to put you on the spot here, but you did not talk about the uh, the little parlay that you have.
2: Oh, I have a couple of those, but I don't know if that's helpful to people, but I'll say it if you think it's going to be interesting to you. Well,
3: just say the one so that you know, shared with me, the one that the one I, the one I you? know about. Yeah, okay. Yeah,
2: yeah. So every once in a while, I'll get these things that they'll tempt me with something that I'll throw, you know what? Screw it. I'll throw a buck on it. So this was, this came to me. At 157 to one. Okay. So I'd win $157 on this $1 bet. And I said, All right, screw it. It is Tom Brady will have 360 passing yards. Antonio Brown will have 120 receiving yards. Antonio Brown will have two touchdowns. And Tampa scores 31 points or more. There's only
3: 157 one part of that. to one. 157 There's only 157 to one. There's one part of that that might be difficult. The two touchdowns for AB is, I think, the, the challenging leg of that four-leg parlay.
2: Sure, I think that's it, the most challenging. But Jake,
3: Jake, I'm saying if there was a spot, if there's a spot that I think is, if I'm ranking them, that's the hardest one
4: in my. Yeah, opinion. that's that's the hardest part. But I mean, if he's going to have 120 receiving yards and Tom's throwing for 360,
2: that's what I'm saying. Like some of these played into different... each other. You know what I mean? Like if all of if, if the if the Bucks are scoring 35, 40 points, and this and that, and maybe Godwin misses. So there's some there's some fun ones there for that. So you can always find those opportunities. Obviously don't get crazy with those, but for a dollar, screw it.
3: Um, and yeah, and real quick, before we get into Week 1 Sleepers, Jamie, on that show that you you guys are doing on Sunday, you're going to talk about player props. You're going to talk about all of these things. Yes. So we'll get to the Thursday game here every week on this show, and then the rest of the uh, the football action you can get on Sunday uh, on the Money Down. Yeah, uh, quick
2: reminder on that again, 10.45 a.m. Eastern for the college football show on Saturday, 11.45 a.m. Eastern for the NFL show on Sunday morning. And all uh, Draft Network on YouTube will tweet out the links. Just make sure you join us. That's really so really going to be our awesome stuff there. So, um and then Fantasy Friday as well. I should also again, I got to get all my, you know, what in Chris. Uh Fantasy yep. Friday as well at uh 4:30 p.m. Eastern. I'll be answering all of your questions, start sit, owners box questions, anything that you might possibly have. Uh that will be on Friday on TDN's Instagram account. So go to the Draft Network on Instagram or follow me at Jamie Eisner TDN. I will answer please. I actively encourage. I'm on there for half an hour. I actively encourage all your questions start sits. So please send those to me there. Okay, Chris. I got my I got my got my all my I got my, all my stuff in. Okay. Can we do week 1 sleepers now?
3: Here for this season. Yeah. I'm or tired. for week 1, I should say. So I I I pick my sleepers based on your rankings in particular Jamie because you, those Which are the rankings man. we break down here on this show. And I have a couple. No, it's because you
2: like me, Chris. Just admit it.
3: Not not true at all. I have a couple that I want to run by the, the group, and I want to start with the two quarterbacks that I that I like this week in particular that are both outside of Jamie's top. I just want to make sure I have this number correct because I believe they're outside of Jamie's top twenty quarterbacks this week. Okay, they are. One is quarterback twenty. The other is quarterback twenty-five. Sam Darnold against the Jets. Carson Wentz against the Seahawks. And the reason why I, I I knew I knew I was gonna get Jake on board with one of them and not the other, and it went exactly the way I thought it was gonna go. So the Jets defense, just coming from a Jets fan, Swiss cheese. Absolutely awful. Have no secondary, and last season they were, in terms of fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks, they were inside the top five in fantasy points they allowed per week. And I know teams are different, rosters are different, but that's the number that I, I can go off of. And last season, they were abysmal, and they have not gotten better in that regard in terms of being able to stop the pass. So I really like Sam Darnold. And listen, I I, I understand why Carson Wentz is a, a bit of a sleeper here at quarterback 25, but I liked him because, again, Seattle last year, Gave up a ton. Six most points to quarterbacks on a weekly basis. And if this, this is a favorable matchup for Carson Wentz to get started right. It's risky because we don't know what he's going to look like in this offense, and he's been hurt, and he's been on the COVID list. I get it. But if we're looking at sleepers, guys outside of that QB1 territory, Carson Wentz is at a QB2 territory all the way down to 25. I, I, li- I like this as something to keep an eye on. Donald, I like
4: so, a lot. Wentz, I get what you're saying. It's just risky. If T.Y. Hilton was playing and he was at 25 – I feel a lot more comfortable about this than the receiving core that they're putting out there.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm not starting Wentz. Uh, Darnold is interesting. I don't hate him this week. Uh, I actually have him. uh, I'm looking right now at my exact projections for Sam Darnold, and I actually have him. It's Darnold with a D. um, I have his week one projection a little bit more than two fantasy points higher than his season average projection. So obviously I clearly like the matchup. I like where he's going here. It's just it's week one. I mean, it, it, you have everybody available to you right now. I just have a hard time justifying um, playing Sam. Now, if you're in a two QB league, I'm clearly I'm saying you should start him because he's in my top 24. Um, I just think it, it's really difficult at this stage with your entire lineup available to you uh, to just sit there and say, I'm, I'm going to start Sam Darnold. Uh, I just I just can't see it happening unless you're in a super flex league, which if you are totally fine with you playing him in a super flex spot, but Eh. Um, you know, to me, I'm, I'm going to take a look at this because I have this cool little tool that's available to me because I'm all fancy schmancy now. And I can see okay. like where my rankings are versus ECR and fantasy pros at each position. So here are the players that I am five or more spots higher on than expert consensus ranking right now. And, and let's talk about these quarterbacks. Zach Wilson, who I have at 21, who is five spots higher. Jimmy Garoppolo at 11, who's 12 spots higher than his ranking. And then Tyrod Taylor, 18 spots higher at 10. Now, we've started a lot of time on Tyrod Taylor the last show. We don't need to reiterate that point. But what are your thoughts on Jimmy G versus Detroit? And then the other quarterback in that game, Zach Wilson.
4: I think Zach Wilson's going to sling it. He might turn it over, which doesn't kill you in fantasy. We talk about all the time with guys like Jameis that are going to put up big numbers. They're going to be coming from behind. He's got weapons. And the kid's kind of a gunslinger. I want to see if he actually has the, the balls to go out there and just sling it all over the place and play like he did in college win, lose, or draw if he has a bad game or not, or if he's worried about turning it over. Jimmy G, I love where you have. I mean, they're playing Detroit's defense, which is not very good. They're going to have a lot of success running it. Kittle's going to get his. Debo's going to get his. They're going to take their shots to Ayuk. But the big thing with that is when Jimmy G's healthy, he can move around enough to really run that play-action game, those nakeds, those boots that Kyle likes to go go with, and it it creates a lot of easy throws. So I think in the red zone, you're going to see Jimmy G turn it up, Mostert, we talk about all the time. He's still not getting the love. I mean, I think he's a sleeper this week. He's still not getting enough love on anybody's platform. But that outside, just outside the red zone, dump off, little screen pass they run to Mostert, he takes in all the time. That that benefits Jimmy G. That's a touchdown pass. I, I love where you have him this week.
2: Yeah,
3: Jamie, I think these are all three of these. I actually picked up Tyrod in a league after we talked about it yesterday because I have Herbert in that league as a starter. And I was like, you know what? We talked about this. Let me just give myself the option if on Sunday morning I want to make that decision. I want to be able to have that option. And I think to to emphasize this point even further, Detroit gave up the second most points to quarterbacks last year, 23.4 on average. The only team worse was Atlanta at 23.5.
4: So – good matchup for Jimmy G to get off started. The only thing I'll say about Jimmy G is I think they're going to be winning big in the second half and Trey Sermon is going to come in to keep Mostert healthy and fresh and they're going to run it. And I think that's, that's going to limit. Now it wouldn't surprise me if Kyle's still taking some shots, taking some play action shots, even if they're up big with Trey Sermon running it, Chris's boy. But that's the only thing I think that could limit his QB one production is that they're up 20 in the middle of the third quarter and they're kind of, okay, let's run it and get out of here. I got a wide receiver to run by the the group if we're done with
3: quarterbacks. Yes, go for it. Rondell Moore playing the Tennessee Titans this week for the Arizona Cardinals. I really like this matchup for him, and I don't know how often during the season Rondell Moore is going to have a good matchup when you look at the division that he plays in and those six games that are going to come against Seattle, L.A., and San Francisco. I think it's going to be tough. This Tennessee team was not very good last year. Defensively. And while, yes, they've attempted to get better in certain areas, but I'm still skeptical until I see it. And if there's ever going to be a time where Cliff Kingsbury is going to have the, the matchup advantage and be able to scheme a little bit, it's going to be here in week one. And I think they're going to try to get Rondell Moore involved early. They're going to try to get him involved often. They're going to try to confuse this Tennessee defense. So if there's a week, and everybody on this show knows I've kind of been out on Rondell Moore as an option there in Arizona, if there's ever a week where I think he is due to potentially have a big game, I think it's this one.
2: So I think he's more – this is more of like an owner's box cheap play type of a thing. He comes in at wide receiver 58, and I, like I said, I'm going to keep bringing this point home because it's week one, and you have everybody available to you in your lineup. I don't see a way, unless you're in a very super deep league or you start like five receivers or something, that you would have run down more in your lineup. Like I just don't see it happening when he's down there at 58, and I think there are other safer, higher – even some higher upside options that are directly in front of him in my ranking. So – uh, he is somebody that was on my short list for potential cheap options. Like if you're going stars and scrubs in your DFS lineups or an owner's box and you're trying to look for a cheap, cheaper player to kind of, you know, I have to fit somebody in there for, for cheap. I think he's somebody at least you could be intrigued by that maybe they manufacture some touches for him, get him a few of those extra PPR points. But um, in most redraft leagues, I, I don't think he's going to be high enough to, to start this week. I don't hate that one though, Chris.
4: I, mean, I think Tennessee's offense puts up, 35 to 38 on that defense I think the Cardinals try to keep pace against the defense has been way overrated the last couple years and you're right was not very good last year I think they have everybody for the first time now see how many guys go down in this game as many injuries as we're expecting this Cardinals team to have because they're a little old but I think he fits in I think they do get him some of those cheap PPR points I mean I agree with Jamie you're not necessarily playing him but I I, I think he could be a, a deep sleeper here
3: I I think it's important to go through the process of identifying guys that we think have favorable matchups. Yes, in week one, you're going to have everybody in front of you. But I think it's
2: important to look at this stuff. So I have five wide receivers in my, excuse me, four wide receivers right now that are ranked in my top 50 that are at least 15 or more spots higher than expert consensus. So I want to talk about all four of these guys real quickly. One of them is Antonio Brown. We've already talked about him. We don't need to go in more. So let's talk about these other three guys. Uh, well, I guess two, because Marvin Jones, we've talked about a gajillion times. I'm sure people are sick of hearing me talk about Marvin Jones. But there are two other names I want to talk about for this week. Um, that's Michael Hardman and Zach Pascal. Um, you know, you talked a little bit about how you liked Carson Wentz's matchup. The wide receiver that's going to benefit the most in terms of extra production with T.Y. Hilton being out, in my mind, is Zach Pascal. I mean, Michael Pittmore is always going to have a role there regardless of, of Hilton's health. I like what Paris Campbell can do, but I need to see him be more consistent and stay healthy, and he's still limited in what he can be as a wide receiver. I think Zach Pascal has a chance to have a really solid game. Uh, he's another guy that's a really cheap DFS option if you're looking for stars and scrubs. He comes in at number 42 for me. And then Hartman, I just I like the matchup for him, and I like the potential that there's just not a lot of other places for Patrick Mahomes to go with the ball right now. So I think he's a guy that if you have like two flex spots and you're looking for a second flex type of a player, particularly if you're maybe an underdog in your matchup and you're looking for somebody with a lot of upside, uh, I would take a shot at him this week because if they're going to focus heavily with that talented secondary on Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, the ball's got to go somewhere. And I don't, you know, I mean, the Marcus Robinson's there, Byron Pringle's there, there's some other guys there, but nobody to the extent that nobody that's a game breaker potential like Miko Hartman.
4: Yeah, those home run hitters, man. You always got to take a chance with that. He can take it to the house anytime he touches it. Um, anything in the tight end department that we want to talk about sleeper-wise? I got a receiver before we okay. jump in there. If the Saints do fall behind like I'm expecting, and either way they're going to have to keep pace, I mean, who are they going to throw it to? So Marquez Calloway we talked about a bunch on the show leading up, but Jamie's boy Traquan Smith, who we've talked about a long way ago, is still there. That's the other dude. Like that's another sleeper. They're gonna have to throw it 40 times, I think, in this game. That says he's getting eight to ten targets. I mean, that that's a viable play. While Jair Alexander's covering one of them, and I'm guessing it's gonna be Marquez Calloway. He's getting that that's not a good matchup. That's why we like him this year. I don't like him in this matchup. If that's the case, that leaves Traquan Smith as a really, really viable option. Yeah, Traquan Smith, uh, Jamie's wide receiver,
3: fifty-seven this week on the on the on the big board. Uh, any tight ends, Jamie? I've sorted this by how uh, much higher you are uh, on these tight ends than everybody else, and there are probably a couple that we should get to here.
2: Yeah, I mean we've talked the, the four names that we talked about. We talked about a lot yesterday. It's Ebron, Arnold, Herndon, and and Aikens. Um, but I think the guy that's only the only one that's ranked inside my top twelve would be Eric Ebron. I, I think that's still worth playing. The Bills weren't all that sensational against tight ends last year. Uh, I still think he's going to get his. I mean, people can go LOL, LeBron, and the drops, and all the other stuff. He's still a huge part of that offense and what they want to do there. Um, again, it's not about style points, it's not about what other people think. It's about actual, tangible production. And I think he is a startable top ten tight end this week.
4: You know, that doesn't make any sense either. With Edmonds and the safeties, the Bills have to be that bad against tight ends makes zero sense. Yeah, I mean, this
3: again. We're still, as Jamie Jamie said so eloquently earlier in the in the program, information
4: gathering. We are still in the information gathering stage. And we we got to see see. what the Steelers offense looks like. If they use him like they did last year, which is split out, he's like the size of Juju a little bit bigger. He didn't play on the line of scrimmage a lot. If that's the same in this offense, then he's going to be like this most weeks.
2: And then Chris, the only other one I want to bring up here is some of the running backs, unless you had another tight end name. No, please um, go right ahead. Not a lot of sleepers at running back this week, um, at least according to ECR rankings. A couple ones that I'm keeping a close eye on. Miles Gaskin, I just think it's just rated too low. He's outside the top 20 in rankings. He's number 13 for me. I still expect him to have a big role on this team. Melvin Gordon continues to be slept on. Um, if you've listened to anything from any of the beat reporters outside of Denver, they've very clearly said Melvin Gordon is expected to be the lead back, uh, as we've been talking about all offseason. So, I think there's a value with him. He's ranked right now at 30. He comes in at 21 for me. And if you're looking for like a deep, deep, deep sleeper, um, this news of Latavius Murray getting cut should not be surprising to the listeners of the show because we have talked about it for a few weeks now that Tony Jones Jr. actually took over that backup role about three weeks ago. Um, The Saints do like to use multiple backs. So he is somebody that, again, I can't really envision you finding a way to start him unless you're in a very, very ridiculously deep league. But, he comes inside my top 50 running backs as well.
3: All right, Jamie. We're done with sleepers, done with previews. I know you said your lineup is locked, but I'm going to get I, – listen, I try to please you here. I try to make you happy. I try to help you out every chance I get. So Tyler from Owner's Box is here to help you finish your lineup here for week one because I know you want to make all sorts of changes. I know you said it's locked in, but I'm here to help you out here
2: on the show. I'm 90% sure it's locked in. Yeah,
3: well, and, and right. that's why I we have – guarantee the, it. That's why the ten percent. Tyler is here to help you make sure that we can fill that ten percent. Tyler, what's going on? Week one of the NFL season tomorrow. I know we're all excited here on the show. I'm sure you are as well.
5: Yeah, super excited. Looking forward to this matchup uh, on Thursday night. It should be good. Good way to kick things off too.
3: Jamie, yeah, listen. You want you want to get you want to get your lineup advice. You want to go here? Well, no, no. I, I don't. I don't
2: want to get my lineup advice. I want to get the listeners their lineup advice. at Owner's box right now as, as we've been promoting on the show a free ten dollar entry. Uh, into the $100,000 contest drew nine is the code you need at ownersbox.com or by downloading the owners box app. It's just to get your free entry and you can make up to nine other entries for 10 total and win some money this weekend. But I want to talk to you about some of the plays that you're looking at, because there's always, this was a show about value. We talked about a lot of value plays, sleeper plays. We talked about a few guys. that If you're going like stars and scrubs in your lineup, so I want to kind of turn this over to you, Tyler. Who are some players maybe at various positions that maybe aren't the tippy-top guys, but those mid-level or low-level guys that are at least intriguing? I'm not asking you to give away your lineup. I'm just saying what are some of these guys that are intriguing to you uh, if you're looking to save a little bit of cash to, to invest in some star players here on your owner's box week one lineup?
5: I I was looking forward to getting this in front of you guys. So one player that I'm looking at, the tight end position is one that I, I, I'm always kind of picking last or if i'm picking it early maybe i'm trying to find value i've been i'm publishing an article on our site about jordan Aikens. he's 3500 dollars going up against Let's the jackson and the jaguars have Let's you guys go. discussed it at
2: all this is great this is so good i thought uh, chris has fallen off his chair yes he was one of the guys i brought up on both yesterday's and today's <laughs> show as a guy tyrod taylor loves throwing the tight ends charles on, Clay man. was incredibly productive in buffalo when tyrod taylor was there Aikens is the clear number one there. Brevin Jordan is third on the depth chart at this point, even though he's the bigger name because of the draft. I love this pick. Did $3,500 right now in owner's box, by the way.
5: I need to stop coming on here and just to Jamie's horn the entire time I'm here. I need to – you guys need to tell me what's going on before I get in here. (laughs) It it just naturally happens.
3: It was so funny because Tyler was like, I'm going to talk about the tight end position. And I'm like, please, no, I'm like, please don't do this because I, I already knew what the name was going to be. And I'm like, no, we just did this on yesterday's show, (laughs) but no, there, there we are. Jordan Akins uh, makes an appearance on the show. uh, Once again. All right. Any other names, Uh, Tyler?
5: Um, I mean, like for, for at the running back position, I'm pretty sure I mentioned it last time, you know, there with our lineups or with our salaries being out so early, there's some great value on players. You know, your Gus Edwards, your James Robinson, um, but I mean, someone I probably wouldn't wouldn't look past, look too far past is is Najee Harris. I mean, we know the volume is going to be there for him. I think he's at a pretty low price uh, right now. I know the Bills' rushing defense wasn't uh, last season wasn't too good, but James Conner did struggle. I remember it was I think ten rushing attempts for thirteen yards. But I think Najee Harris will be well well involved as as Steelers running
2: backs are. So I think he's a good option to go to to kind of anchor your lineup. Yeah, he's uh, $6,100 right now, which is, make me do math quickly on the show. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13th highest priced running back. So, and he is not my third. He's high, ranked higher than that for me in my weekly rankings. Um, so that is a, a pretty decent value there with him. Um, you know, uh, 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 throwing out a name just that Jake brought up, because he's brought up Raheem Mostert a bunch on these last two shows. He's at fifty six hundred, so that's another really solid, like mid value running back. Uh, He's healthy now, and Detroit, um, well, well, they suck. So like that's a pretty good (laughs) spot to kind of place him in your lineup if you're looking for some of the mid values, Tyler, or anybody else that jumped out at you at at the running back position or elsewhere.
5: Yeah, what what do you guys think about Ty Johnson? He's a very deep play for a lot of people. He gets into the end zone, and you're you're flying up the leaderboard uh, with a guy like Ty Johnson at his price.
2: I'm intrigued by him because I I fully expect there to be essentially like a 40 – maybe like a 40-40 or 45-45 split between him and Tevin Coleman with Michael Carter being worked in at times early in the year. Uh, Ty Johnson is someone they just – that's a he's a guy – completely different skill set. But the comparison I want to make to a guy like Chase Edmonds in the sense that he is somebody that has had multiple coaching staffs come in and say, I like something about him. He's had three different coaching staffs in, in two different locations come in and say, that's a guy I need to make room for on my roster. And that always intrigues me with all these different philosophies and different things around the league. So at $4,000, which is for a running back is basically free, uh, I, I would be very intrigued by that option in one of your uh, – particularly in one of your flex spots if you, if you go stars elsewhere in your lineup.
4: Speaking of real-life football alone, he always flashes and impresses. They're going to try to ease Zach Wilson in this game in the first half. They're going to have to take the gloves off in the second half. But if he's in there, he's he's been showing proficiency in the running game, the passing game. I love his skill set. And as Jamie mentioned, that it's a perfect comp, not skill set, but three different coaching staffs, liking you, you still being around and potentially going into week one with a high draft pick, still being the guy. I, I like that one too. That's that's deep, but I like it. And we know
3: and there's one thing we know about the way this Jets offense is going to be constructed with where they're getting their coaching staff from is they're going to use a bunch of running backs. They just are Mm -hmm. guys are going to cycle in and out. They're going to have roles. So Ty Johnson's going to find himself on the field and he's going to have those opportunities. And like Tyler, you said, if he gets into the end zone, man, that's a That makes that play immediately worthwhile uh, to have him in your lineup. So, yeah, as a Jets guy, big fan of this one like this one a lot.
5: Yeah, upsides. Upsides the thing you got to go for, especially in our, you know, it's a twelve thousand entry contest. So uh, chase someone with some low price with a lot of upside. They get in the end zone, and you're going to fly up the leaderboard. So that's a good option, I think.
3: Uh, anything else, Jamie, Jake? Any any players in
4: particular that we want to talk about here? I want to just have the floor open
5: before Is we wrap things up. Is the super flex
4: position in your mind quarterback only, or are there guys that you would consider playing in that over some of the quarterbacks? Say you you just end up maybe you went tight end early and you decided to put some money on a bigger name guy and you're gonna you're that super flex position sitting there. Is there a reason to go with somebody else or is there or is anybody you like specifically for that?
5: Yeah, I super flex. I would definitely stick to quarterback. I mean, six point per touchdown is just too much to to uh, to avoid a quarterback in the super flex spot. If you were you know if you were to go to a positional player or a player at another position, it would definitely have to be um, someone with a with with a lot of touchdown upside, that way they can meet that total. But I would probably stick to to, to a quarterback. And there's some good options. I know that Jamie, you're, you're really into Tyrod this week. Um, there's Jimmy Garoppolo's got a great matchup. Um, so there's some low price QBs that you can certainly go to and fill into lineup. Who knows how Mac Jones is going to throw the ball against the Dolphins? So definitely look at the the lower price QBs um, in that super flex spot.
2: Yeah, and some of those options right now, if you're looking at guys that are like under. 5,500, um, you know, right now at Owner's Box, which is kind of like that line. You know, Tyra Taylor's at 53, Mac Jones at 52. I, I wouldn't play him, but Andy Dalton's at 52 as well. Uh, that's a real <laughs> tough matchup for him. Uh, You know, there's some other interesting, you know, names that are just above that, though, in that 5,600 range. We talked about Zach Wilson. You know, he is there. Sam Darnold's there. That's a guy that Chris likes a lot. Jameis Winston at 5,600 is somebody that might have to throw a ton, even though it's not a great matchup. Drop below 57, Fitzpatrick 57. So, There are some really – and like to give you kind of the idea of what that looks like, the equivalent at like a wide receiver in that spot would be, as I do some quick scrolling, is you're talking like a David Moore – or David Moore – DJ Moore, a Robbie Anderson, uh, a Brandon Ayuk. Those are kind of like the wide receiver equivalents. And then getting that six points per passing touchdown, I just have a hard time saying I'm not going to take one of those quarterbacks there.
3: That's it. That is it for us here on the show. Tyler, before we get out of here, it's football eve. There's games tomorrow. Week one of the NFL season. Give everyone the information. Where can they go to get involved with owner's box to get their lineups in for these week one contests?
5: Yeah, pretty much. You know, we're looking at last chance here Thursday. We do have contests running for, you know, ten, five, one dollar. We've got prize pool up to one hundred thousand dollars in our main Sunday slate NFL contest. So you can enter for free. $10 $10 free entry into any of our $10 contests. If you use promo code drew nine, and then as well, I mean, the biggest thing we, we, you guys have been mentioning and we want to mention to people when they're checking out the site is, you know, the super flex aspect is, is a huge differentiator for DFS brings a whole new strategy competitiveness, but also we wanted to kind of weed out that randomness of the game, you know, the DFS game and even fantasy football in general with no kickers or no defense, you don't have to worry about that in your lineup. So come over, we're going to give you $10 to enter for free, test it out. You also verify your account. We're going to give you another $5 for free. So download the Owners box app. Check us out on the web as well. Um, and feel free to follow us on, on socials and keep up with how things are going here in week one.
2: And to piggyback off that real quick, we've been talking a lot about obviously the major $100,000 contest. That's Sunday only. But there are Thursday through Monday contests as well, a 10K, one that I'm looking at right now uh, that has up to 1,100 entries. So that's one that you can look at as well if you want to kind of get things started and you want to include, as we mentioned, I've got five top 15 wide receivers, two top eight quarterbacks in this Thursday night matchup in my rankings for week one. So there is a lot of fantasy power on display. So if you want a piece of that action and take it through the weekend, there are tournaments that you can win several thousand dollars in right now as well. Do the
3: roundtable of social media related plugs. Tyler, we'll start with you. Where can everyone get more information from owner's box on social media?
5: Yeah, we're at Owner's Box on everything, Instagram, Twitter. You can follow myself at Tyler McKillop on Twitter and Instagram as well. Um, certainly check us out. And like I said, we'll, we'll be ready here for week one. Very excited.
4: Jake? Jake B. Arians on Twitter, Arians NFL on Instagram.
2: Jamie? Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter, at Jamie Eisner, TDN on Instagram. And again, remember on Friday, I will be answering on Instagram for the, at the Draft Network and at Jamie Eisner, TDN. All of your fantasy questions, all of your owner's box questions, everything you need to know, half hour, 4.30 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern. Please come on there and we will be talking owner's box, regular leagues, anything you need to know heading into week one.
3: Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio, S-C-H-U Radio. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter at and Fantasy. And since Jamie, in all of the plugs that he did, missed this one, the draftnetwork.com underneath the fantasy tab is where all of his rankings for week one. Oh, if you know. missed those, if you missed those on yesterday's they'll show, they'll
2: updating throughout the week. As
3: they're well. over there on uh, the draftnetwork.com underneath the fantasy tab. We will be back. Sunday night to recap week one action that's right Sunday night early Monday morning the podcast will drop we will have our reactions to the fantasy slate from week one of the NFL season it is finally here everybody enjoy the football this week we will talk to you on Sunday